Hey babes, welcome to Align by Design. I am Amy Elizabeth and together with Liz Coyles, we are Align by Design. We are bringing you human design in a way you've never experienced it before. We take you through the unsexy process of alignment so that you can tap into another level of sexy you didn't even know existed yet, all by becoming the most authentic you. We desire each of you to own your power so that you can fully experience the flow, the ease, the integrity, and the undeniable magnetism and sexiness that alignment brings so that you can create the impact your soul really desires and the income that's abundantly available to you. Let's dive in. Hey babes, welcome back to Align by Design. It is Amy Elizabeth. Liz Coyles has an incredible interview that she's about to take away in 60 seconds. Before that, I wanted to drop in here and let you guys know that Allure, the genetics of manifestation, has a few spots left. There has been a huge renavigation because I only operate in clean, clean, clean energy and everything has to feel so aligned for me. So if you were part of the invisible string, you would have heard about Allure. We dropped it there, the genetics of manifestation. And overnight, I had this massive download. I was just sharing what, what we were doing inside of Allure and it really requires people that are in alignment. It really requires a next level VIP experience in order for you to grab everything that you need and to integrate all of these deeper layers of your human design. We're going into the coding, the genetics, the energetic DNA that is imprinted within you that allows you to tap into manifestation to happen overnight with ease absolutely within your power. And in order for that to happen, you have to be able to hold the frequency that you're about to be holding. You have to have space. You have to have personal power. You have to have trust. You have to have clarity. You have to have confidence in who you are and how you show up in this world. You have to understand your design. You have to be operating and living in your design. You have to know that your authority leads your way because we are going into the next layers that lie underneath what the surface of your design is. We're not just looking at your arrow, we're going below where other people have not put these together and are coaching on this right now. So this is the next level of human design. This is, again, human design like you've never experienced it before. This is for the people that are ready to hold this. And not everyone is ready to hold this. There have been applications that have been sent out. We have a bunch of spaces filled at this point. I don't know how many, but we had time sensitive over the weekend. So we probably have about three or four spaces left at this point. The price has gone up. There's an application process. So if you are called to align to this program, if you know that your next step is really understanding how you manifest because you do it, you dip in, you dip out. Now, now you're ready to really, really trust who you are and how you show up and hold all of this power and work with the universe go into the quantum field and really play there and understand it and have fun with it and bring it into the logical sense as well. So send us a message, the application we will send right back to you. We need to have that in our hands. We need to go through and and read thoroughly the questions that we've asked you. And then we'll let you know if you are approved into the program. We begin um, closer to the end of February. So cannot wait. Love you guys. See you there. Enjoy this absolutely incredible interview. Love you guys. Have a beautiful day. 
Hi guys, welcome back to Align by Design. It is Liz Coyles, and today I am joined by a very special guest, Kian Loggi, who is an emotional intelligence coach for leaders, for leaders, or he's also known as the genie. There we go. Here it is. I'm excited <laughs> to explain that a little more too when we get some time, but yeah, yeah, let's go. I'm excited. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really, really excited to have you on here today. So Kian is a former NFL athlete who had a really bad injury and it led him kind of to a series of different uh, paths in life. And it is now unfolded to him being a coach for really high performers. So we are going to dive into all of that today. Kian is a 6'2 sacral manifesting generator. And about 10 minutes ago, guys, he had no idea what that meant. And I think he's still, <laughs> he's still kind of questioning it all, but we're, we're going to dive into your chart today. So thank you so much for, for joining us. Absolutely. There's no place I would rather be right now than right here. <laughs> um, okay. So let's dive into just being a manifesting generator. So I know that you are brand new, but what that means essentially for your energy, how your energy works is that when you are doing something that you love, you generate more and more and more energy. And you can really kind of have that all day burn and just keep going versus doing something that you don't love or, you know, maybe hanging out with people that don't really light you up anymore, or, you know, just choosing to exchange your energy with things that don't light you up. You not only stop generating energy, but it actually depletes your energy. So how does that resonate with you as a human design newbie? <laughs> it's, it's spot on. I mean, it's, it's absolutely spot on. And uh, I think as I've gotten more uh, emotionally sovereign in myself, uh, I've definitely lowered my tolerance for um, being able to handle certain situations. Whereas before, I feel like when when I before I worked through a lot of my own emotional shit, I would say I was a lot more tolerant of of those things that didn't necessarily light me up, and that would just take and drain from me. Uh, but as time's gone on, certainly, and I've gotten more. Uh, I love that that emotionally sovereign in myself. Uh, the tolerance that I have for for people and situations it just gets lower and lower and lower. Yeah, and and that's just really honoring yourself, right? And taking care of your energy because by taking care of that, you can show up into the world in a really different way. And we call it unsexy work, but uh, it's really kind of creating that awareness of what's starting to pop up into your body and what doesn't feel good and what feels off and really, you know, it sounds like this is so uh, in alignment with what you do, but really going inward and, and really addressing those things and, you know, being vulnerable and asking yourself, like, what is, what is this that's not feeling good right now? And how can I, how can I shift this to become a better version of myself? Yeah, certainly. And I love that you say the unsexy part. Uh, I, I like to say the shadow, the shadow part of ourselves that, that we haven't addressed and, and what our brains do everything they possibly can to not have to confront. And that's a lot of the work that, that I take other people through, but I've gone through, a ton of it. Oh my gosh. A lot of it unsexy work myself of a lot of feeling, a lot of things that, that I have historically not allowed myself to feel that allows me to become more emotionally sovereign on the other side of feeling all of it. And I think that's that's why I'm perfect for, for the job that I do. Because to resonate with a lot of these high performers, I can't really show up as a hippie saying, All right, we're just gonna we're just gonna feel today. We're gonna feel all the things you haven't let yourself feel. Right. So being a former gladiator, right, playing, you know, having the opportunity to play professional football and then me showing up talking about, hey, 
We actually got to go in and feel all that shit that you haven't let yourself feel. So you can actually show up in the world in the way that you feel good about, not even for other people, but just for you. Uh, it really resonates with people a lot more uh, being in the position that I'm in uh, compared to maybe something going to them that, that uh, isn't necessarily on their frequency. Yes. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit because you have in your chart, you have a defined G center and the G center is home to identity and, and direction. And oftentimes people with that defined G kind of have this little pull inside of them, like a compass that's kind of always pulling them to that next place on their path. So, you know, going back to, to football, was that always a, a dream of yours to play or how did that, how did that happen? Is that something that you knew from a really young age? Yeah, yeah. Since uh, I remember when I when I had the opportunity, my third grade teacher uh, called my mom and she recalled me in the picture that you draw, you know, that we draw when we're in third grade of what we want to do when we grow up. Mm-hmm. I drew a picture of me playing in the NFL. Uh, and I, I, it was something that I had engraved in me really young. And uh, I, I just there's something inside of me that just you talk about that internal compass that knew uh, the things that I need to do to get to where I wanted to be. And I wasn't necessarily uh, the most fortunate in regard to my situation. Uh, being a white kid from South Dakota, we don't get a lot of love for, for sports, Yeah. right? So uh, I, 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 but there was something inside of me that just attracted the people that I needed to attract and uh, the situations that I needed to have the opportunity and to build myself in the way that I needed to be built into to be able to have the opportunity. and. Um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've always had that ability to do that. That's incredible. And especially with your, your sacral as well, it's like that the sacral being home to desire and that life force energy. So the more that you're lit up by it and having that as desire, that would really give you energy to, to and determination to just work mm. and work and work at it. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And uh, that's for a big, a big part for me uh, has been being able to detach from the thing that I'm super inspired to go after. So not being able to to find identification in it, but be able to be emotionally sovereign, independent of that thing. And I believe that's something that I've historically struggled with when things weren't good with football. Uh, I, w- I remember going to college camps before I, when I was getting recruited. And if I felt like I didn't do good enough, I would just like lay. And you mentioned, I think before the call, where that wanting to get uh, secluded by myself and, and wanting to withdraw, uh, I would experience that. I just feel so much like hurt and judgment for myself when when that would happen. And so that's where this last you know few years of my life has been me being able to commit to what I want, but then being able to emotionally detach from it. Where it's like, okay, this is this is Kian, the, you know, the emotionally sovereign individual, and this is the thing that Kian's deciding to partake in. Yeah. And so that's the, the biggest thing for me is being able to do that, create that uh, emotional separation between the thing that I'm deciding to do or that I'm so driven to do, and in me, uh, in my my um, self. Yeah, and that is really how we become the the frequency of whatever whatever it is that we're desiring because you know being able to emotionally detach you can really sit there and instead of sitting in a place of I'm in lack you know and I need it and it's not here yet it's not here yet it, you can separate the two and just know that by holding space for yourself and focusing on yourself and desiring it but in a way that it's coming it's going to happen. I don't know when it's, it's that detachment that really allows for the manifestations to happen in a quick way. 
Certainly. And, and also what being able to detach, detach does and, and what it would have did for me with football was not having to try so hard. Right. I, I was extremely talented and I was a freak athlete. Now, my my geographical location wasn't ideal. But as far as talent goes, I was one of the best. And I wasn't able to fully trust that and caused me to have to overcompensate at times, mm. uh, maybe get bigger than I needed to. I ate just keep thinking that I needed to get bigger and bigger and bigger, uh, but actually ended up kind of leading to, to uh, a couple injuries because I got too big um, and trying just way harder than I really needed to. So that would have definitely been helpful in that time to be able to emotionally separate from from uh, the outcome to be able to realize I didn't have to try so hard and and embody that underdog mentality because I wasn't an underdog. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and leading me to feel a lot more uh, joy in the process of it and less judgment with myself. Oh, that's, that's so beautiful to, to be able to come to that realization now, especially to be able to kind of coach people from that perspective, having really experienced it. And, you know, in your chart, you have an undefined heart center. And so what, what can happen there is exactly what you were just talking about. It's sometimes that, um, need to like the, the comparison comes in and you can feel this need to really prove yourself. So the, the biggest life lesson in having an undefined heart center is knowing that, you know, you're not here to prove anything to anybody and you are enough. And in the perfect timing, all of your gifts will have a chance to, to shine and really be out there rather than, like you said, you know, working harder to, to overcompensate, to just try and show that you deserved it. You know, you deserve, you, you deserve to be there anyways. And that was ultimately the lesson that you learned. Yeah. A hundred percent. And really like step into this, like, uh, the, 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 the arrogance, like letting myself step into the arrogance of knowing that I was good as I was. Mm. Right. I, I can sit here and say, I'm the best in the world at what I do. I can sit here and do that today. A hundred percent. Uh, but you know, back six years ago, uh, with football, Oh, that would have meant if I would have said that, that would have meant that I'd be arrogant. That would mean that that I would be cocky. That would mean that that people would see me as somebody that wasn't grateful for for what he had. And, and a lot of that comes from the the place that I was born. I was born in that's where it's, you know, it's a lot of just put your head down and work and don't talk about your accomplishments. Uh, but but I, I believe that if I would have been able to step into that place like, hey, like, I know I'm this good. I would have had this overcompensate. Right. So I believe that ties into it. Certainly. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's such a an old paradigm kind of that masculine mentality of like, you know, put your head down, work hard, be grateful for what you have. Um, you oh. know, and, and I talk yeah. about this. I know I talk yeah. about it in my it's readings gross. a lot because you know sometimes people will have opportunities that come their way, and you know maybe it's almost right but not quite. Whether that's a, a relationship or, um, you know, maybe a, a job or a, an apartment or a house that they're manifesting. And that old mentality is so, you know, you can't have everything that you want. So just like be grateful for what you, what you mm -hmm. have. And, and I really teach a lot of, there is no, there is no insulting the universe. It's just fine tuning what it is that you want. And so when something comes your way and it's not quite it, it's okay to say, no, thank you. This is, this is not for me. It's almost there, but it's not quite rather than just, mm. you know, putting your head down and continuing on. It's, you know, not, not settling and really being aware of, mm. of what's coming across your plate, because especially as a manifesting generator, you know, 
your, your strategy in, in human design is to respond, which means that the best way that you work with the universe is to just pay attention to, to what is coming into your world and to the things that are exciting you and lighting you up, you dive into and the things that aren't, you let them pass you by. And life becomes a lot more when you talk about, you know, getting in the boat and like going down river and just letting it flow in human design by following your strategy. That is how you get in the boat and you let it flow. You really, you know, let the universe do its job. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I, 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 cannot agree more. And, and I, I say, um, inspiration. I say, oh, I, I just follow my inspiration and that's how I like to live my life now in its entirety. I don't have routines set for myself in the morning. I don't really have routines set for myself during the day. And I like to just listen to that place of uh, excitement and inspiration. And it hasn't let me down. Now it's taken a lot of the unsexy work going into and feeling a lot of shit uh, to, to be able to get to that place of tapping in to that inspiration and being able to follow it. Um, uh, but the more I live, the more I learn to trust it and the funner life gets. Yeah. And it's so amazing. <laughs> you're, you're living, it, you're living your design without even knowing human design. And that just comes from really trusting yourself and, and tapping in and creating that awareness within your body. So I absolutely, I love that so much. Um, so, okay. One thing that really fascinates me is athletes that compete at a really high level, once they're no longer able to do that for whatever reason, I find that's the biggest psychological hurdle to get over is, is finding something that they can pour their heart and soul into in that same way. That's going to, you know, fulfill them. And it's incredible that you've been able to do that, but do you want to talk a little bit about just that, that journey of kind of getting from going from, you know, that being your identity and, and your full-time job to, to where you are now and, and how that defined G center, that little compass that was, that's been pulling you, like how that played into it along the way. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot right there. That's a lot. Uh, and, and I think the first part that I'd like to address is I'd like to address uh, inside a lot of athletes that end up performing at an extremely high level is uh, a sense of a lack of a little bit of self-worth. And, and, and I mentioned the beginning of this call uh, with people that are at the top of any industry that get there, there's something driving them outside, just this little, uh, I just want to make this thing happen. That's why the, we push ourselves so hard uh, physically because there's something there that, that we might not uh, be feeling in ourselves that we'd like to be feeling through the validation that we receive from our accomplishments. And so I think that's one of the hardest parts for athletes. It's not necessarily just that it was a sport that's done. It was that our attachment to this thing that we are using to release a lot of emotion in ways that we couldn't outside of the sport uh, is gone. Right. And, and so it was more not to say that it wasn't something that we loved, but it simultaneously became an addiction too, right? And what, what is an addiction? Something that, that we use to prevent ourselves from having to feel something. And so overcoming that and being able to address the, the hurt inside of ourselves uh, that led to the addictive behavior in the first place of attaching to this thing with finding our identity in it in the first place, that, that addressing that underlying hurt allows us to detach from needing to have to follow something that's our purpose or our passion, because I feel like a lot of athletes look for that afterward. Uh, but I'm, I'm a believer, like, like 
fuck purpose, to be honest with you. Like, I, I think finding that one thing and be like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm just going to attach this. Uh, it prevents a lot of us from living. Uh, yeah, living, uh, being able to fall in love with the ambiguity of life. Uh, I don't, I don't like now, like I, I crush it at what I do and I'm really skilled at it, but in two years from now, I might be doing something different and that'll be okay too. And I think that's been the biggest thing after football was after having something where I was like, so like, this is it being able to just consistently follow what I'm inspired to do and going all in on that. And it feels really good. And just consistently flowing from one thing to another and being able to fall in love with the consistency of change of life, but not having it be like, okay, this is the thing I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And this in my mentally I'm, I'm locked in on that. Right. What I, I think what I've been able to do is fall in love with the ambiguity of life and yeah. fall in love with the consistency of change. And there's going to be seasons when I'm spending a lot of time in one thing. I might be doing this for, for 15 years. I might take five years off and come back and do it for 30 years. Right? I, I don't know. Right. But what I do know is that I have an inspiration to be here in this space right now doing it. And when that isn't there, then I'll listen to it and, and move in the direction that I want to. Oh, I love that so, so, so much. And especially as a manifesting generator. So, you know, your energy is, is your energy type, I should say, kind of tends to be called all over the place sometimes, or, you know, you can start that you can be obsessed with something and then you're over it, or you like to have your hands in many pots. And there's a, there is a lot of change for manifesting generators because your, your kind of soul's mission here is to just follow your bliss. And when things stop lighting you up, be able to let them go rather than staying in it to kind of look linear and be really cohesive to everybody else that's watching. And so you just describing that is just living the life of a manifesting generator in, in true alignment. It's really, really honoring that. And, and I think it's so beautiful hearing you talk about that because life just gets to be really fun. It becomes an adventure at that point. Right. And, and <laughs> while there is so much change going on, the constant is your joy, your happiness right? That's, that's, that what, that's what the constant is and everything else can change, but you are letting that really be the driver of your path, which is incredible. Thank you. Yeah. It, 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 it feels so good. It, it, it feels so good. Yeah. It feels so good. So I want to talk about your, your profile a little bit, which is you're a six two. So essentially, you know, there's, there's two parts as an unconscious, a conscious and an unconscious. So that sixth line, really, for the first 30 years of your life, which you are still in, you you are a third line. And so that is, you know, the school of life is your greatest teacher. And you really need to be experiencing things to learn. Um, and sometimes, you know, from my experience, people that have a third line in their profile, it doesn't matter what advice you give them or what you tell them. They may take it in, but ultimately, they're going <laughs> to do whatever they want to do anyway. So how does that how does that resonate or fit into your, you know, your life and your, your path? Yes. It resonates. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, 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 absolutely. I, yeah, I, I love, I love, love, love trying things and you're hundred percent right. I, I, you might tell me something and I, I don't care mm. <laughs> if I want to do something, I'll, I'll, I'll do it anyway. Uh, just for the elements of the, uh, exp- uh, reference experience of, of putting myself in that position and seeing how I respond when, when I get into it and what it's like and being able to, to detach from it when I do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the third line. And it, and it can be really challenging sometimes for people that have third lines, because I mean, I think it depends on, you know, your, your upbringing or conditioning or your idea of, of what failure is, right? Because sometimes as a third line, you try things and they work out great. And sometimes you try things and they don't. And so how do you deal with, you know, those moments where things don't work out and kind of reframe failures into lessons? Yeah. Well, well the first thing I want to say is I haven't always been able to own that third line that you're talking about. Um, I, I haven't always been able to, to allow myself to step in and just do a bunch of crazy wild stuff when I want to and and try different things. Like I was a stripper for two months in Miami. Like that was something I would never do. Right. And I was like, yeah, let's just do it. Fuck it. Let's, let's, wow. let's, let's go in. Right. And now it lasts, it lasted for two months and I'm like, okay, I'm good. I've tried it. Right? I've experienced it. But wow. I, yeah, it, it was a good time. Right. We had a good time. Um, and so that was a lot of within me of having to overcome that, that being the, the, like a hometown hero, uh, mm. being one that, that all the kids look to, and uh, being able to step out of that identity of being that 70 year old sage at the age of fucking 20 years old uh, and being able to give myself permission to not be in that role and to step out of that. And that's when after football got done, it, it was a huge, huge, huge like, whoa, like I want to just go see who Keen is and, and what he, who he wants to be and what he doesn't want, what he doesn't like independent of this whole identity in this space. So being able to give myself that permission to step in that space of not knowing what I wanted and just trying things and doing things uh, has allowed me as time's gone on. And, and you said, you know, maybe until the age of 30, still trying things. Uh, I don't know exactly what I want, you know, if whatever the fuck that even means. Um, but I do know that I'm able to tap into a place of inspiration now without a lot of judgment. Before mm -hmm. there was a lot of judgment if I would have wanted to give myself permission to based off the, the former identity. Uh, yeah. so I thought that was important to say, but can you re-ask me the question that you did ask me? Yeah, no, I was just, just curious how you were able to reframe or how you reframe those when things don't work out, reframing a failure to mm -hmm. a lesson. Yeah. And, and a, a lot of it was just the, my own abandonment that I needed to address inside of me. Like what, why am I attaching to the outcome of these things? Why am I, I using those things to justify my okayness one way or another? Right? Why am I, I using the, the success in this one thing to justify me being okay with myself? And so I feel like a lot of it was just me consistently going in, doing that unsexy work of, of feeling a lot of the, the, the pains and, and things that I have inside of me, addressing those, and as a byproduct, being detached from, from a lot of outcomes. And now I don't even, honestly, I, I'm not even a big fan of saying the word failure. I just like pivot. I'm just like, I just pivot. I just pivot. I just pivot. I just pivot. I just, right. If, if they're like, I knock on the door, nobody's there. Okay. I'm going to go to the other door. Okay. Right. So that, that's, that's how I see it now. But a lot of it is just me, you know, consistently going in, doing the unsexy work and being able to detach from the outcomes, uh, making those pivots much more easy and fluid. Um, and, and I also want to say this too, being able to, to be aware of when a pivot is coming too, right? Being able to tap into the feeling associated with, okay, this thing's not really working and I'm hitting a lot of resistance points. Uh, what, where else am I being pulled to right now? And then being able to healthfully make that transition without having there be a big crash and burn. Right. So then that's where, when life gets really fun. So we can start to tap into that and feel that and flow with the changes instead of having to, to have all these uh, go all in crash and burn. Now I got to pick myself up, go all in crash and burn. Got to pick yeah. myself up. Right. 
So, so that it's also allowed me to be able to step into that place. I'll be like, okay, there's a lot of resistance here. Okay. Okay. There it is. Boom. Pivot. Mm, okay. Pivot. Boom. Right. Being able to really hone in on, on, on the feelings associated with, okay, is this something that is, is a long season or a short season and then listening to it. Yeah. And I love that and not making it mean anything either way. Right. It's like we, I think the most effective leaders are really, they do that, the inner work, the unsexy work and, and doing that allows them to be able to pivot. And so when, when, you know, there's a storm that's coming and something rocks you instead of getting stuck in it and kind of stopping you from having forward momentum, you know, and, and there's definitely were times where that I would get, I would get stuck in that, you know, things would stop me for like a week or two weeks or a month. And it's like, the, the more you avoid those things, like when, when something's stopping you, it's like, okay, now it's time to go in and see what this is and honor it and look at it. And then the more you do that work, the easier it is to, when those things happen, be like, okay, and this is what it is. And we're moving, right. It's not, it's not putting too much weight behind things. And I love that just like pivoting and, mm. and, consistently doing that within yourself and in your business. And I just think that's such an important quality in, in effective leaders, because it allows you to just, it's that constant evolution. You know, that's the only way to keep growing. You're so right. You're so right. And I feel like a lot of leaders, and I'll make this personal for me. I've always been somebody that's been able to handle pressure really well. So when I'm under, under high stress, high pressure situations, you know, when I have the biggest crowd in a football game, that's when I'm, I'm balling out the best. Like, that's when I'm playing my best game is when there's the most on the line and when there's the most people there, right? And I feel like a lot of high performers are that way. Uh, but in order to hit another level of leadership, there's no amount of podcasts. There's no amount of books. There's, there's no amount of, of uh, mental knowledge that can be gained to be able to unlearn the unsexy work that has to be done. And that's something that I run into with a lot of my clients. They, they've you know read every book about emotional intelligence and being able to release trauma. They've listened to all the podcasts, uh, but the problem is that it stays upstairs. It stays mental. And we can't fix problems of the heart through going mental. It has to be through going deep into and penetrating the emotions. And that's that unsexy work. Uh, that's my definition of that unsexy work is not through the mental, logical, pragmatic uh, understanding of things. Uh, it's going in and feeling a lot of things that, that are really undesirable, allowing us to then come out on the other side even higher. And the uh, best way I describe that is our, I say our capacity to, to lead and our capacity to experience joy and experience the light is only as great as our capacity to experience and make love to our darkness mm -hmm. and the parts of ourselves that we don't like to and want to address. And so that's that's the the power of being able to go into that, those unsexy places of that that darkness per se, and being able to bring light through the darkness, allowing us, I say, slingshot higher into our light. Uh, but there's a lot of people that that you know I'll make make that personal. For me, uh, I was had had a lot of light. I could help a lot of people, but I wasn't actually able to feel all of that for myself. Uh, and, and so by me giving myself permission to go into that my own darkness and to feel a lot of of my own pain and hurt, uh, my capacity to feel all the light that I put out has substantially increased. Yeah, yeah, that's, oh, that's so, so beautiful. Um, and it really just, it, it's just, it's that simple. You know, if you're not doing the work, you're not going to really 
experience that that happiness and that kind of success. I, I hosted a masterclass yesterday and I was talking about, you know, success on paper is one thing, but real successful people are are doing all the things, the outer work, you know, they're, they're, they have hard work and they're setting goals and all the things, but, but the internal work is really the marker of, of success. It's being able to, you know, just tap into your body and let it lead you and tap into that, that happiness. I think, I think happiness really is, is the true marker of success. Mm. You're a happy person. You're living a happy life. Yes. I, I cannot agree more. And it's really interesting because high achievers and high, high performers ha- have been, uh, you know, make it, you know, make it personal for me. I I've been somebody that, uh, has, you know, never needed anybody to push me for anything that, that I've done. I've been my, my biggest critic, but also my biggest inspiration as well. Uh, my parents never had to push me to do anything. I was the one pulling them along, uh, writing proposals to them to pay for my college camps to get me a scholarship. Cause I told them I get a scholarship if they paid for my camps right now. Right. So, so I was always, uh, the one that was really pulling uh, the sled along. And I believe for, for people in that position and a lot of high achievers and high performers, being able to not be in that place and be able to step into that place of, of that trust and that body alignment and uh, heart-centered decision-making process uh, and not operating from that place of rigidity and structure and uh, routine uh, it is very difficult, but that's what I would say, what got you here won't get you there. So a lot of people that get to me, they've been busting their ass their whole life and, and uh, working really hard and underdogging and, and, and uh, operating best under pressure and creating pressure in their businesses and their personal life to stay motivated. Uh, and, and, and they're taught and we're taught that, that operating that place is what we're supposed to do because most of personal development is, is teaching how to be able to create those good patterns and those good habits. But the problem is, is that people are in that position have been already embodying a lot of that for a long time. And they're trying to force even more of that on themselves. So people that get to me are the people that have already mastered personal development. Or they've done the work to get themselves disciplined. They've done the things they need to do to create uh, what they want to create as far as the base structure of it. Uh, but what got you here will get you there. And to continue to use personal development and grinding and uh, pressure and, and, and working really hard to, to, to get to that next level, it just won't work. And something has to break if we continue to operate in that place. Yeah. And it's incredible that you were able to experience all of that in your journey and then essentially see an untapped market, right. Of, of people who, like you said, like talk a little bit about that. Cause I think it's so fascinating that you're, you know, you work with people who are already really high achievers and are achieving success, um, you know, outwardly, you know, financially, whatever it is, they have the job or the house or the car, but, but going internally, I think it's really cool that you had to go through that yourself. And now you're helping people do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you know where it came from? Uh, when I was sitting in the Kansas City cafeteria, watching practice before I ended up going to get my physical, which would have been gave me the news that I got told I'd never be able to play again. I remember sitting there watching practice and I was like watching and and all of a sudden this feeling came up. I was like, this is it. Like, this is what it feels like to accomplish your lifelong dream right here. Like this is it, Kian. (laughs) And, you know, quickly I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. This is awesome. Let me look at all the food that I have and how, how pampered we are and how much cool shit we can do. And right. And just really like focusing on that part of it, trying to push those feelings away. Uh, 
But that's the, the beautiful part about that experience for me is at the age of 22, I was able to realize that nothing that I ever accomplish is going to bring me a level of fulfillment that I'm looking for. And most people that I work with, they're either in the process of trying to accomplish a lifelong dream or, you know, they're, you know, 40 or 50 and they finally hit it, but they spent their whole life uh, trying to chase, thinking that that thing would bring them something that, that they're looking for. And then along the way, having to sacrifice a lot of relationships, um, just fun in their life and uh, unnecessary pressure they put the put on themselves. So yeah. it, it really helped for me at the age of 22, being able to have that experience of finding that out, whereas most people don't maybe ever hit that point where they, they accomplish their lifelong dream. Yeah, what an aha moment. And obviously a pivotal moment for you to be able to be like, okay, so, you know, where, where do we go from here? And, and that is such a, such a conditioning of, of people in our society of like, you know, I'll be happy when, when mm -hmm. I, when I make this much money, when I get a job, when I find that relationship, when I, you know, it's, then I'll be happy. And, and those people just spend their life chasing that happiness rather than just being able to be really present and, and, you know, make them find, find the joy in, in right now. Mm -hmm. But that's so much easier, right? That's why people seek and attach to purpose. It's the one day it's like, as long as I'm chasing this thing, or as long as I'm attached to knowing that, that I have this thing, that's my life purpose, then I can give myself permission to be okay. Yeah. Right. So the present moment is one of the most vulnerable things that we can experience certainly is so that's why we attach to these one day things you know you want to talk about religion you want to talk about purpose uh you want to talk about just achievement in general uh it's easier for our minds to attach to a one day uh because then we don't have to confront the present moment <laughs> yeah yeah oh it's it's a beautiful thing to to be doing what you're doing and um you know i just think I think that everybody needs somebody, right? It, 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 we're all drawn, you know, as, as coaches, I think that people are really drawn to your energy and your being and your story and people are going to resonate with that. And I think that everybody needs somebody to be that reminder for them in life to really, you know, just shake it up and go inwards and, and stop the chasing. And, and that's really where the, the beauty of life lies. And also where, you know, like you said before, of, of kind of detaching from all of it allows for it to really manifest in your life. And that's where you, things start to just, that path of least resistance, you know, you're in the right place at the right time, or it's like, I didn't even have to try and that thing just happened. And it's really, really beautiful. So let everybody know where they can find you and get a, a little bit more of uh, the key and goodness, the good vibes. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is super beautiful. And that's why I want to acknowledge too, the work that you guys are doing here uh, is, is incredible. It's incredible. I, and I haven't seen uh, an organization like yours at the capacity that you guys are operating. Um, really, uh, I think it's so important to, to, to demystify a lot of these things. And you guys take a very uh, loving but pragmatic approach to this. Like it's like, hey, like this is just kind of what it is. There's, there's not a lot of mysticism. It's just more like, hey, this is just how we are and this is how we function. This is how it operates. And I feel like the world needs more of that for more people to get on board with this because a lot of the people that I work with, they're, they're turned off by some of the stuff because of the, the level of mysticism and like, ooh, of all of this, right? But it's actually very scientific right? and can be explained very specifically and pragmatically uh, without having to go to, to a mystic place. So 
I love the work that you guys are doing. And it's so cool and inspiring to, to see that. And uh, uh, it, it gets me really excited too for the Thank future of, of, of this space. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very, uh, but as far as, very uh, untapped and, and lots more. Like that's, that's the beauty of this is like, this is what we get to do. That's what we get to do. It's like the best. I'm retired. <laughs> it feels, I'm retired. It feels, yeah. It's so, it doesn't feel like work, you know? Agreed. That's it. And that's why people pay you. That's why people pay me a lot of money to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And so that they can get to that place where they can feel retired and yeah. don't have to wait till they're 65 to do it. Yeah. Right. So that it's super beautiful. Uh, but as far as being able to find me, my website, keyandloggy.com, I'm sure uh, you'll put the spelling of my name in the show notes. Uh, but also my Instagram, there it is, Kian, uh, Kian.loggy. You can find me at those two places. Okay, amazing. And and how, what capacity are you working with people in right now? Do you have spaces for coaching? Are you full? Is there a wait list? Like how can people work with you? I have maybe a, a one or two spots left, uh, but really I, I, I operate off inspiration. So it depends how I'm feeling when the conversation comes up for the right person, anything can happen. So I'm very open to those boundaries, you guys. Those are those are some great energetic boundaries. I love it. Yeah, I said it, and I'm like, oh, let's see how this plays out. I I like I like to to sit in things and see how they play out. So, if the inspiration's there and there's the alignment with with uh, the situation, it's very energy bringing for me. Then I'm definitely open to exploring that. That is that is so in alignment. I love it. And you know, the biggest piece of advice I give to manifesting generators who are running a business is like don't plan too far into the future because you guys just have such a tendency to change, to change and to shift, you know, your desire towards it changes or can change. And that's the worst feeling in the world for you guys is when you've, you've created this commitment that you're no longer lit up by. It just makes you feel like you're trapped and energetically just drains you. So I think it's really incredible uh, that you are just living so in alignment with your design and that's just that is that emotional intelligence and really being tapped in so thank you so much for for hopping on here today it was such a pleasure to talk to you and um yeah i just love hearing about the work that you do and i'm excited to continue following you cool thank you for having me on bye kian alive by design